Hey, what's going on, Clipper Nation? It is me, Positive Chuck Mockler, coming at you uh, with another episode of Locked On Clippers. Just me today. No, William, the opinion update. Usually it's both of us, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Uh, on the Locked On Network, giving you your Clippers news. But today I am joined by the illustrious Brian Cullen of the Clipset Podcast. Brian, how are you doing after that game one loss? I'm doing a lot better after the illustrious intro. <laughs> you know, I'm not very good at them, so I'm trying to step up my intro game. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming. Um, happy to kind of talk about the day after thoughts on this Clippers-Mavs game one. We're going to break that down in the first segment. Um, second segment, we're going to be doing, of course, every Monday we do the Luke Kennard progress report. Pretty quick one to get through today. And then we're going to be talking uh, Serge Ibaka as well as Nick Batum's impact in game one and what we're looking for them in game two. Finally, we're going to close out shavings where we just kind of talk about a bunch of random stuff happening around that's Clippers kind of adjacent, as well as our game two quick predictions. Um, yeah, hope everyone is ready. Let's get into it. Brian, Clippers versus Mavs game one, pretty big disappointment. Um, I think it was kind of indicative of how the team had been playing, though, leading up to the so these playoffs, kind of a weird schedule in terms of effort and the late games and stuff like that. What's your day after thoughts? We're recording this on Sunday night. Kind of how do you feel now that you've had like 24 hours to digest the game one loss? Yeah, you kind of go through a bit of a roller coaster with it. Um, you know, in the moment, it's exciting. Afterwards, it's disappointing. And then you get some clarity. And, and I, I, if I'm just doing like a general, big kind of like overarching take the day after, I think it's to remind everybody and ourselves that it's a series, right? Like game right. one is that it's one game. Obviously you want to win it. The Clippers now have to win on the road to regain, you know, home court, but, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, ultimately it's the playoffs is different. It's not, you don't live and die by one game. You live and die by the adjustments. And that's For what sure. I'm looking to most is, is, what do these adjustments look like? And and I know that we'll kind of break down the game a bit, but there's there's some adjustments to be made and some things that just the universe will kind of take care of itself. Yeah, I think a great kind of, yeah, the universe take care of itself goes into the fact that, I mean, looking at some of the shots the Clippers missed, I think it was Garrett Chorpening who put just like four picks together on Twitter. These are wide open threes. Um, the fact that they're being manufactured is great. Like that's that's a good takeaway those shots are going to fall. Um, yeah. that, that's just going to happen. Let's kind of, let's talk about the offense a little bit. Now, I think, I think the defense is probably the biggest real concern after game one. And by concern, I mean, like, we, we got to figure out what we're doing with Luca. I don't, you can't stop Luca, obviously, but we got to limit some aspect of his game in terms of how he can be effective. And I'm not sure if that's blitzing him more and just getting the ball out of his hands as fast as possible um, what do you think we see from Ty Lue? I, it's funny you bring up the blitzing and, and getting, getting him uncomfortable. We saw that happen in the second half a bit more. I think it took a little too long to get there. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, looking back at some of the clips that have been going around and, and revisiting that game, I don't hate a lot of the strategy that they were rolling out. I mean, we watched Luca. Yeah. Like, Okay, so so they picked on Zubats a little bit, right? Like there was definitely some picking on Zubats there where Yeah, every but, single time. <laughs> yeah, he was targeting him. But if you go back and look at it, Zoo did about as good of a job as you can being a seven footer guarding somebody like Luca. And all the shots are coming from the perimeter, right? Like we, we Luca wasn't exactly driving on Zoo for the majority of these. A lot of these were I think a couple of them were long twos. 
um, you know, they're step back three. So they're not, he's not getting easy necessarily shots against Zoom. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Like we, we saw this happen in the bubble and, and Luca's such a heady player. He's such a smart player. Yeah. There was a sequence in game one in the bubble where Luca dribbled into the paint, saw Zoo, backed out and never attempted it again. Like that, that guy, and, and and he kind of did it again, right? There were moments where, and, and we can, if we're going to start to dissect it, that there were moments where I think the drop coverages were a little too deep and and allowed sure. uh, allowed the the driver to kind of pick up some speed and and take in some contact, or gave him a little too much room to to kick out and make those passes, and and that's kind of you know if we're going to talk about the defensive breakdowns, like I think that's what killed him was allowing the kick and drives to happen as often as they did. But go back and look at these shots that Luca hit over zoo. Yeah. They're hard shots. Yeah. You couldn't contest them any better. Like they were like, some of them were circus shots, you know, where he's like falling out of bounds or or falling to the ground as he shoots it. And you kind of have to live with that. Like you're not going to hold Luca Doncic to 12 points in a game. It's just not going to exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just, I think the start time screwed us as well. I think there's some young legs versus old legs. The Clippers are an old team. I think it's weird to kind of remember that, that we have an older team. Like it's just like straight up is. Um, well, and we... I, I think the, uh, the other thing to remember is that the Clippers hadn't played a meaningful game in two weeks. They took the yeah, last, which is partly the Clippers fault. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it was, it was done strategically, but you know, I, I think we saw the effects of both rust and rest in this game. Yeah, for sure. And and so it took two weeks. They, you know, just got healthy, and that's what they were prioritizing, which is understood. They had a scrimmage before the game that, you know, basically the team leaders went to tie and were like, let us play a full scrimmage. We're scrimmaging either here or in the parking lot, but we will be scrimmaging. So yeah. you can either supervise it or not, Coach. <laughs> but, I mean, again, to the, to the, the defense – you know, I looked at at some of the the data today, and they were considered. Most of those shots were considered tightly contested per second spectrum, and he hit fifty seven percent on tightly. Uh, wow! So That's it's crazy. You, you like it's it sucks because it's a loss in the playoffs, but you kind of have to live with that. I was gonna, say, and then like how right? How real is the shooting from game one? Because the Mavs shot for both teams, it just was. Not maybe not as much of an outlier for the Mavs because you know they're an okay three point shooting team, but for the Clippers to shoot sub twenty eight percent, yeah, like I'll that is hopefully that's not going to happen again. But it feels the chances of that happening again feel very slim. Yeah, and I'll tell you what is an outlier is Luca's three point shooting specifically. Mm-hmm. This year he shot thirty six percent from deep. He shot fifty percent from deep. There you go. The, so I mean. I, I don't know what else to say about that. They took away his mid range, which is his bread and butter. He right. shot 50% in the season. I think he shot, he shot something like 40% maybe on those. So they took away a decent percentage of the shots that he likes to get. He just hit some crazy shots. And like, I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, real quick before we get into the next segment, what's your ideal defensive situation on Luca for game two? We know that kind of, you know, we're going to talk about Kawhi is going to be on him more, but that's probably going to get switched off. What do you want to see? Yeah, there's there's a few things. I had this. I had a discussion with uh, Justin Wilson. Uh, most people probably know him as LA Clippers film. Oh, yeah. Earlier today about this, and and one of the things I was I was looking at different 
defensive coverages you could put out there. And I was like, maybe a box and one works where like Kawhi or PG is the, <laughs> and the other guys like kind of set back into a zone. Problem is they never really ran that. And so getting right. it to, to run this completely new scheme uh, could be a bit dangerous. You know, I think what it is, we, we saw it a couple possessions and it turned into a turnover where, you know, they get the switch they want and then somebody comes and, and, and helps out with a double and then everybody scrambles and they, it, a lot of it came down to not communicating rotations. I think. Oh yeah. We'll, there was some, hor- there was some very, very much blown coverages. Yeah. And, and I think what we'll see is a bit more, um, you know, like pre rotations. Like I, I think you'll see them kind of like pre switch a little bit on defense right. knowing that it's coming. Um, and you know, they, there's a lot of smart players on this team that are capable of doing that. You know, the, I mean, there's a lot of adjustments to be made. I think Reggie Jackson, <laughs> for sure. I don't, I think Reggie Jackson will play the eight minutes that Luca doesn't. And that's about it. Right. Um, you know, the wings obviously did a much better job on Luca than the guards did. Like there's, there's a lot of things to, to be done here. And I think game two is, is where you're really going to see what playoff basketball is about in terms of making adjustments specifically from the coaching side. And if there's something that Clippers fans are very welcome to, it is uh, adjustments from the coaching side. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking kind of more of the pick and roll defense that will be coming um, against uh, Luca. And then the fresh, he's checking in on how we uh, felt about Serge's game one performance. But first, look, wouldn't it be great if there was a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, and be better? Well, guess what, genius? There is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. It is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. You know, that seems like it'd be a good time. I wish I would have meditated more as a kid. Uh, Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. So that is the best deal being offered right now. Uh, head to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA today. And after that, Brian, you eat food every now and then, correct? Yeah, when I'm in the mood. When you're in the mood, for sure. Uh, we have to give a shout out to one of our favorite foods, and that is Built Bar. The improved Built Bar is even better than before. 18 amazing flavors. These six new flavors include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They have uh, nut and non-nut flavors. So they're looking out for those people with allergies. They are difficult to deal with. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. So if you have a whole bunch of fake teeth, you don't have to worry about it. Built Bar is great for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The Built Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet, the good highs and the good lows. Right now, while supplies last, free cooler with purchase, limited drop, as my co-host would say. Uh, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
now that we have uh, gotten our minds right and satiated ourselves, Brian, I believe this is the first time you've joined us for a Luke Kennard progress report. Uh, yeah, I believe it is. Well, I wish this was a more entertaining one. Um, he got a DNP versus the Mavs. So that there's the progress report. <laughs> I'm sorry to everyone who tunes in weekly for this. Um, in the bigger sense, though, there's there's no real place where Kennard fits into this series, right? Like, it doesn't seem like he's going to see much time. He, yeah, I mean, right now, we got to remember the 16 million isn't in effect. So that puts a little perspective. Oh, yeah, on. he's only making four. It's fine. Yeah, and kind of his role all season has been the de facto, you know, oh shit lever, as yeah, just for sure. call it. And, you know, we might see it. He's a great shooter. But as we saw with Reggie, who's another really good shooter, yeah, it's not enough in this series when you're going against Luka Doncic and you For cannot sure. have somebody with a negative wingspan on the floor. The Mavs <laughs> are long when they want to be. Like when you start to look, you know, that's a, Josh- a big ass team. They consistently have a traditional big on the floor at all times, pretty much. They do not yeah. ever go small. And with Kleber, you know what I mean? Like, like they can run some kind of twin tower looks. Josh Richardson is a really big guard. Luka is a huge guard. Like there's there's too much length for a guy with, with his build to, I think, have a real place in this series. Yeah. It seems, I mean, I don't see a whole lot of playing time coming for him in the next round too, if things, you know, uh, get to that point, but at least we're confident he'll stay ready. Um, he'll be efficient when he comes in, when he comes in. So that concludes the Luke Kennard progress report. Hopefully there's more to report next Monday. Um, but let's get to the freshies where we kind of talk about the new guys on the team. How'd you feel about Serge's game one? I was kind of surprised at just kind of how little he played. Yeah. 12 minutes seems, I mean, you know, Zoo only got 19, but 12 minutes seems kind of wildly low. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So one of the things with Serge, one of my issues that I've had with him in the games that he's played this season is his drop coverage. And I think yeah. him being a couple steps too far back hurt the Clippers a couple times. I also think that they you know, are have they have the big picture in mind as much as you, you need to win this series to get, you know, move on to the, the second and third rounds and eventually the finals. That's good logic. You want to keep a guy, you don't want to throw too much at him coming off of, I mean, for how sure. you just miss, you know what I mean? Half um, the season for the most part, right? Like effectively. Yeah, yeah. And, and the coaching staff really liked the look of the small lineup, the the switchability, mm-hmm. all of that. You know what I mean? Like, like I... I don't know. I, I feel okay about it. We'll see what game two looks like. They might be easing him into it. Who knows where the back truly is right now. Um, he was moving pretty well, I thought. Like, he he looked pretty good. Um, you know, wish he would have made the threes. It would have been nice. But he was plus 11 in 12 minutes and a 10-point loss. Like, I think they're just ramping him up. I kind of hope they are. But I also, I think we should be prepared to see probably just as much small ball as we did in game one as we will or like be prepared for the rest of the playoffs pretty much. Cause that versatility, you're right. It's too tantalizing to not mess around with. I'll say this. I also think 19 minutes was not enough for zoo. Oh no, absolutely not. It was insane. Um, it's weird that like we talked about, Luca was just hitting absurd shots. Like he was, you just kind of got to shake your head and walk and run to the other side of the court. <laughs> um, and I think that, I hope that didn't play a part in Tyloo limiting his minutes. Here's a thought that I've been having, right? Because obviously they, the Pat Beverly did an awful job with Luca. He's, he's just too small. Consistently. Yeah. I'm okay with Pat being on the floor during Luca minutes. Here's my thought. You put him on Porzingis. Think about the 18. Oh, wow. And who, who did the best job of guarding Durant? It was Pat Beverly. He does better 
with bigger guys. And I think that Pat could actually make life. He can get away with being a lot more physical with bigger guys. Refs see that he's so small. So he gets even more leeway if he's down there in the paint trying to get position. Um, That's a good call. I'm not mad at that thought. I'm going to pair at that um, idea. Cause that's, we kind of talked about pre-switching in the, the first segment. Cause like, I mean, so Kawhi is going to be on Luca more, which means we're getting a shit ton of pick and rolls and the switching defense or whatever we're going to do has to be on point. So I don't know if they're going to switch. Maybe if Kawhi's on Luca, it's just like, there's not, you're not switching. Like it's going to be Kawhi on Luca. Um, but it'll be, cause we have to imagine Chris Tapps is going to play better um, in game two, maybe not wildly better, but he'll probably be a little more efficient. So maybe given a different look down there, I think that's a good call. Yeah. And who's one of the best pre-switching players in the NBA right now? Rajon Rondo. He's so, so good at that. He's been known to do it. He's been known to call out coverages for the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. I like As somebody who wasn't wild about that trade to start, I actually think Rondo has a pretty big role to fill in this series. He has a coaching role which is great. Like (laughs) not that our coaches aren't doing enough because our coaching staff is fantastic, but Rondo has a different, I guess, you know, I mean, he has a different sight to the game obviously because he's on the court um, and stuff like that, like in terms of a literal sense, but yeah, him kind of quarterbacking it and calling everything out and being that middle linebacker for the Clippers. I hate to mix sports metaphors um, for the Clippers defense. That's what I'm saying. That's getting eased into too, right? Like, all of these sets are new if you think about the lineups and health and the Clippers team this year. So every defensive set, we're kind of saying they're still working through stuff, which is annoying. Like we all were kind of worried about it, right? Like I think the struggles in game one, the cold shooting is the most surprising. Everything else you can kind of be like, well, we kind of saw this coming. Like this isn't like there's not a lot of shocks from game one, which is good. Totally. Um, let's talk Batum because – I'm really hope we're able to take advantage of games like he had on Saturday going forward. Cause he played as well as Nick Batum is going to play. And that's a really high level, obviously this season, but he was like maybe the most impactful other guy in game one. Yeah. I mean, he was making the threes that Marcus Morris was missing, right? Like he was, yes, you know, we got to praise him defensively. He was great. Oh, he's Yeah. He's a great wing defender, and I wonder if we're going to see some – I'm just excited to see what Tyler does with the coverage with Batum as we go further and get more comfortable in these playoffs. Um, but yeah, I think he was definitely – he was probably the – I mean, for the whole game, probably like the second or third most impactful guy um, for the Clippers. What do we think needs to happen for Mook to have a better game too? Is there anything in particular or does it just keep shooting? It's, it's just shooting. I think you just shoot yourself out of the slump. I think that, you know, as I said, I think it was rest mixed with rust. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these guys. And, and I think that, that we'll see the mook that we know he can be seeing him still be, you know, pretty good in the mid range was, was good to see. Um, he just needs to knock down some of those open shots that he got, but you got to love mm-hmm. the he was getting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, coming up. We're going to be talking Maxi Kleba being very weird about getting dunked on and then some quick game two predictions. Uh, But first, look, if you're listening to this, you might be the hiring expert for your company. And what you need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications. And schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting and hiring 
the right talent fast and easy with tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately and Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can also make your own skills test, which I hope it's a good one. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all of the job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed to get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Welcome to Shavings. Uh, This has been a good time talking game one. Last note from game one we want to talk about. So the Kawhi dunk on Maxi Kleba was fantastic. Um, Everyone loved it, unless you're a Maxi Kleba. People are doing this annoying thing online, and I noticed it in the, I think, the Warriors game against the Lakers, and now this Kawhi dunk, where something fun will happen in a game to a team, and the team will celebrate. And then that team may end up losing the game. And then people on Twitter like, did all this and lose, or imagine doing this and losing. I'm not sure people understand how adrenaline in sports work. <laughs> I mean, you going to wait and be like, in hindsight, that dunk was dope. And I'm going to celebrate it now that we've won. I hate this. Yeah. And, and it, it's exacerbated when it's the Clippers because people, Oh yeah. They just don't like the Clippers and, and, and yeah. that's something you got to deal with. Um, you know, I, yeah, it's fun. Have fun with it. Like I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what, what are I mean, I also think we're basing a lot of this off of Twitter and Oh, of course. It's a horror. It's a hellscape. (laughs) So like take it with a grain of salt. Everybody had fun. My favorite part about that picture is Kawhi being off the ground. He's jumping. Yeah, He's jumping. Um, Yeah. You got to love it. I mean, you know, early on in the first quarter when things were going awful for the Clippers, I was loving that they had good energy. You know what I mean? Like, coming from what the issues were last season with chemistry and all that, you got to love when one guy dunks, two other team teammates run over and yell because they're so hyped about it. Like, yeah, exactly. That speaks a lot to the the chemistry that this team has. And like, okay, like we've seen, you know, there's another team in the playoffs right now with, with Devin Booker on it and they celebrated a 60 point game in a loss. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> like have fun with it. There are milestones. There are fun plays. Like, I just, yeah, I, I don't know what you expect them to do. Like, The game's a lot worse if guys aren't celebrating good plays. Any game is just infinitely worse if there's not right. uh, hype. Um, Maxi Kleba said he thought that it should have been a tech when they stared at him. And I think that's flying under the radar as one of the softest things ever said in the history of the NBA playoffs. I'm not like a be tough kind of sports fan, but like, dude, you got stared at and you're like, that, that should have been a tech. Like they... That should have been a tech. That's a lame call. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, as my good friend, Stephen Lee Clark says, that's the fear talking. All right. That's, <laughs> get your fear. Just 1% every day, Maxi. And that will be a lot better for you. Kawhi is going to be like, I got a fake letter saying that I've been fine and I need to Venmo at Maxi underscore Kleba Mav. Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get into game two. Just some quick predictions. What, uh, what's something, to, what's something that, Clippers fans should be looking for um, and what trend do you think changes in game two from game one? I think wide open shots get hit. I, cool. you know, I, I think that averages will balance themselves out. Um, I think some of the defensive schemes tie today uh, when talking to us, but, you know, basically said like, we're going to do some different stuff 
uh, defensively with Luca and alluded to the fact that we're going to see a lot more Kawhi on him. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, he, he I, I think the, the exact quote was, you guys are going to see what you want to, or, or <laughs> yeah, you you'll want. get what you want. You um, bastards <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the camera. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's going to happen. I think there's a possibility, you know, I, Ty is, is really good about making adjustments, especially with the guards. Um, yeah. I think there's a good chance that we might actually see some meaningful Terrence man minutes. Hey, so, that'd be a good time. Uh, you, you know, his length, and if you have another game where guys aren't hitting wide open shots, why not Terrence Mann? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. See what you can get. Uh, he has a weird beef with Luca. They they don't really like each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, that started in the preseason of all places. And and I think last a- season, like his rookie year, like two seasons ago. Yeah. yeah. So I, I do think that that's something to look out for. Um, and then those those pre switches and and you know, being a bit more gre- aggressive with some of the double teams on Luca early on. 100% you think the Clippers win this one? I do. Yeah. I, I think right. there's, there's a sense of urgency. Uh, it's not a nooner anymore. Um, yes, thankfully. The yeah. rest is, I'm a little, it's funny because I'm a little worried about the rest factor. I think the yeah. rest very much benefits the older team, the Clippers, but it also benefits a high usage guy like Luca so much. Yeah, so after game one, I actually walked out of Staples Center to my car. Oh, yeah, uh, you were lurking behind not, the I, Dallas Mavericks. Turned a corner, and uh, and Boban and Luca were walking in front of me. And let me tell you, for a guy who played 40 minutes in an NBA playoff game, he was walking like he had played 40 minutes in an NBA Damn. playoff game. There yeah. was, uh, you know, it's you can't not be stiff after something like that, and you could see it. So, um, yeah, I think they want to tire them out. Uh, the the two days rest will help, but the Clippers also got two days to think about everything. My biggest concern, honestly, going into Game Two, is having that forty eight hours loom over you, thinking about that loss, knowing you want to be more aggressive defensively, and not racking up the fouls early on. Yeah, so that's kind of the issue with Bev, right? Like that's his thing coming back from injury. He fouls early. It's just something that happens. Um, well, we're, I'm a- with them pulling him off of Luca, I think that that might help him out for sure. Um, and let's hope he kind of, if he ends up on Chris steps, like you were talking about, he, well, I kind of, anyone other than Luke, he, he's like the smallest guy on the court. A lot of the times yeah. <laughs> in terms of mass. Um, yeah. I'm really looking forward to see Tyloo's adjustments after two days, just what, you know, the tinkering that we're going to see, we're going to see some brand new lineup stuff. Um, I thought it was interesting. This was, should have talked about this earlier, but I just remembered it. I thought it was interesting how Ty Lue kind of talked about how he didn't like the Rondo Bev minutes and then used them a fair amount in game one. And it was like, if you didn't like this in the regular season, why, what makes this, why is it better now? It's game um, one. You gotta, you gotta throw some stuff at the wall and, and that's see. That's a good call. Yeah. And we know. took their best punch, right? Like I keep, I keep imagining that too. Like I, I don't think the Mavs have a whole nother level offensively in terms of, I mean, they'll get better shooting from, Chris Tapps, but we'll get better shooting from Paul George and stuff like that. So, and you know, holding them to a buck 13, not the defense was for all the complaints we had still pretty solid. Um, yeah. If, there, if there's a game, you're going to roll some stuff out that you're not happy with. It better be game one. Yeah. Right. Good call. Um, Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show. This was Man, fantastic. A pleasure as always. Where can these fantastic people find your stuff? Uh, yeah. So I'm on Twitter at Brian S. Cullen. That's C-U-L-L-E-N. Um, you know, I co-host the Clipset podcast with my good friend, Joseph Raya Ward. 
Uh, you can find him at Joseph Raya Ward on Twitter. Um, and you can follow the show at Clip Said Pod on Twitter. Uh, it's playoff season, so we are releasing an episode. We usually do a weekly show, but we are releasing them every two games. So we'll Oh, have, wow. Hell yeah. We'll have an episode. Uh, we started that last season, and we'll, we'll drop an episode after game two. We love it. We love the Clip Set Pod. Fantastic content over there. Uh, you can tell all your friends listen to Locked On Clippers. Come out five days a week, 7 a.m. Monday through Friday on Deezer, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. If you do, if you say something funny, we'll say it online or on air. And if you say something mean, we'll probably still say it on air. Uh, Tuesday's episode, William the Opinion Updike will be back. We'll be doing an in-depth preview of Game 2 versus the Mavs. Twitter Tuesday, so send your questions into at Locked On Clips over on Twitter. And of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, he has been Brian Cullen. I have been Positive Chuck Mockler. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.